Welcome to our episode number 17. We were just thinking, or of, we were just thinking. We are, we were just thinking. I'm Shaylin. And I'm Elena. We're here to rant, be better, tell you what we're into, think, show gratitude, and send you off with a thought to ponder. Thanks for listening to us wherever you found us. We appreciate you taking a chance and listening to what we have going on over here. Um, Please share us with your friends so we can keep growing. And we're also on Facebook now, so you can find us under We Were Just Thinking and also on Instagram at We Were Just Thinking. We'd love to hear from you. All right, my rant this week is pretty bloated again. Again. Um, Mine too, I guess. Condescending invitations to church, <laughs> especially when we don't admit that they're condescending. Right. Like, like I know it is, and you know it is, so don't tell me it's not. Like a pity invite? Or we're worried you're going to hell, so please come to church. <laughs> like, you're not doing good. You need to come to church. Like, that's going to solve all your problems. Like, that's trite. That's trite. Don't yeah. do it to me. You're not doing good. You need to come to church. <laughs> there's such That's so motivating. <laughs> there's such a... Well, they don't say it, but they imply it. Oh, and gotcha, they say, yeah. like, that's... The, the people act like they don't mean it that way, but, like... It is very clear when someone's inviting you in an inclusive way. Sure. Hey, I'm seeing, I'm going to this really cool church. I've been there a few months. I really dig it. You should come check it out. The band's really good. The message is clear. You know, yeah, that's like a real invite. But, and like, if you've already said no more than once, bug off. Exactly. But I also think that it's important that people are honest with their rejections. Like if someone says, Hey man, I'd really love for you to come to church. I've got, you know, I'm in the band and our pastor's really awesome and blah, 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 blah. And we're non-denominational, so you can come no matter what you think and blah, 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 all this stuff. Like, that sounds great. But if you say, you know, I'm just not in a season right now where I want to explore my religion, like, shut it down. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be clear with, I feel like a lot of people say, oh, yeah, maybe sometime. And so when you ask again, you get annoyed. But people, not you, but in general, you know, like when people ask again, these people are annoyed. But really, you kind of set it up for a second invite or a third invite or, you know what I mean? Like, if you're not in a season where you're worried about that or That's you don't true. want to be, However, just say no. I say no. And right. I say I don't want to get up on Sundays, wherever it is. And right. if I go somewhere, these are the kinds of things I'm interested in. Right. Um, just don't project, you know, like, respect somebody's values as different than yours. And don't pretend, like, if you know there's some condescension and judgment in yourself, like, just admit it. Because I already know anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I've done that before, where I think somebody needs to do something, you know, whether it's church or whatever, like, I think they need to quit smoking. (laughs) You know, they need to quit smoking, or like, maybe you shouldn't drink so much, or maybe you need to get out more with your friends, or whatever. Like, you kind of think, like, yeah, there's a little judgment in me sometimes when people make choices. However, like, I'm not going to pretend, like, because... I think sometimes because it's church, people are like, oh, well, I of course didn't mean it that way. You know, and it's like, yeah. That's actually exactly how you meant it, but we're cool. I just don't want to go. Thanks. Exactly. Yeah, I I feel that way about things too. But my meemaw used to say that the good Lord can hear you whether you're in in your chair or the church pew. Now, of course, she was at church every Sunday, but she... um, She would say that. And I feel like that's true. Like, you have your own relationship with Christ. And everybody's entitled to their own opinion and all of that. Like, we're not here to get into all that. But at the same time, like, I think if someone invites you and you can tell that they're passionate about it, you know, maybe you can say, like, man, you seem really passionate about it. It's definitely enticing. But 
you know, I'm not in this place to explore that right now, or I'm not interested in exploring that right now. And, um, I'll let you know when I'd like to check it out. I guess what I was getting at is that like, you know, you know that sometimes you get a little judgy of other people. We all do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to pretend like that's not how you feel about church sometimes. Right. Like, just because it's church, like, yeah. Doesn't make it different than smoking or drinking. Yeah, you kind of think I should go. And you kind of are annoyed that I'm not going. Like, just admit that. Don't act like it's this jovial thing. If if you really kind of feel like, no, you need to get your... You know what I mean? Like, just be transparent, yeah. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And if you're at a play, if you're that person that's trying to get someone to go to church and you're actually doing it because you really are worried about them, that's a, hey, can we get together and talk? I'd really love to have coffee with you sometime. And then during coffee, you share, hey, can I be, you know, totally open with you? I'm a little concerned about, you know, this. And I was thinking of inviting you to church, but I didn't want it to seem like it wasn't a legit invitation, you know, whatever. Yes. You have to handle that. So maybe we should go back to, like, etiquette and manners and, like, you know, transparency. You don't... Well, I'm making the full effort. Right, yeah. If you're concerned about somebody, you can't half-ass bring that up. Like, either you are or you aren't. Right. Really. You know. And you can't... Then if you are... Gain interest in that. Exactly. Um, And, you know, a lot of people are going through a lot of things and... They don't seek church because church has not been a welcoming place for them during those hard times and previous experiences. And I get that. And I thankfully I've been really lucky or blessed or whatever you want to call it in my church lives. I mean, I've changed churches for various reasons over the years, but um, I think you outgrow churches sometimes and you know what's going on. But I, um, I definitely see how that could be a thing where people don't want to pursue that. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely been in experiences where it was an unpleasant place to be if I was struggling and I've definitely come across a lot of negative response sometimes uh, from a place I needed to feel safe that wasn't right because people didn't know how to provide that and you know just realize when you're inviting people that their experience may have been very much different from yours Mm -hmm. well it's interesting and this is kind of off subject but also on subject but I went to this church once that um, was non-denominational, but they actually had a group of, like, for couples who had experienced infidelity. And they had a group for couples that were experiencing um, abuse. And I thought, while it's scary that there's enough people to create a group of that within our own congregation, it's also really amazing that... They're recognizing that and being honest about that and not thinking that these things can't happen here and not thinking that there's no way that people here need that type of message because they believe in God. You know what I'm saying? So it was also, it was just really interesting that I do think there are places where if you're going through some interesting things that there might be a place for you. But I also agree that there needs to be a, a genuine conversation to invite you there instead of and Ooh, somebody, girl, you've been staying out late lately and you're, yeah. you've got too many boyfriends. You should come to church on Sunday yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And like a recognition of, does that church the right place for that yeah, person? Yeah, yeah. Like just cause it's right for you in your season of life and what you're dealing with, it may be a very poor fit for somebody else. Yeah. Like if you have a friend who's drinking a lot cause they just had a breakup 
you could be like, hey, I just wanted to let you know, you know, my church has this group that meets that's, you know, fresh breakups and too much drinking. Like, maybe you want to check it out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not I don't like, know if it would be that. Not like, <laughs> come to my young married couple I know, group right? When you're like... No. Yeah. And no, I don't want to come. I mean, I'm 34 years old. I don't want to come to, you know this person's Bible study and everybody has kids and all we do is talk about kids. Like, that's not my jam. If I wanted kids, I'd have them, maybe. I don't know. I'm not even sure all those parts still work, but... (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. One day, maybe. All I could think when you said that was, no, I don't want any. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. (sighs) Those parts don't work for three more years. I know that for sure. I was telling somebody, it's not the having kids part I mind. It's It's the the having having teenagers. (laughs) And it's the cooking them. I don't want to cook one in my belly. I don't want to birth one. Yeah, that too, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I also don't want to do the glucose test or, you know, some other things that go along the with that. The large epidural needle. Yeah. I mean, oh. I probably will want that, but I probably will be unconscious when I have to get it. <laughs> Needles and I don't really mesh. So. In case you didn't know that. Experience. <laughs> She's not a needle girl. No. <laughs> no. No. No, not at all. Oh, you have to prick my finger? I'm out of here. See ya. Be back next year. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Depends on how you treat me. Yeah, I'm a total coward, and I admit to that 150%. About that only. Everything. Yeah, everything needle-related. I'm not your girl. (laughs) I'm a good supporter to other people, but I can't be held responsible for my actions when needles are involved regarding myself. (laughs) I don't know why that's so I turn into a complete toddler and totally lose my shit. Explicit. <laughs> we just should mark the whole thing. I, know. I think they are, but I always like to say it. Yeah, I don't know why I should say it after the fact, because I'm sure the children have already heard it. But Probably because you work with kids. Probably. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. A cuss word's coming up, but I never know it. It's authentic. That's what you get here. Raw and real. Yes. All right. Well, mine's deep, too. I'm ready. I'm just going to ask for everybody to hear the message. (laughs) So the message is preaching and teaching equality in schools, but only focusing on race. So I just want to say only focusing on race is my point. Because to me, it's important to also place attention on inclusion of other factors of diversity, like people with disabilities or gender differences and choices and discussing how lifestyles vary, such as kids with two moms or two dads, for example. Um, And while I'm aware of my blessings um, that some people call white privilege, I will not stand for being bashed to raise another race higher. Our race is human. I've seen t-shirts with this that says the human race. That's our race. And I love that. Um, Yeah, the human race. So my parents and family before them my parents weren't immigrants, but my family before them were, and we all were at one point. And my parents worked super hard for me to have access to college. I went to public school. I had a job as a teenager. I worked in college. I've worked since. So I just won't stand to be bashed where I see parallels rather than vast differences. My, you know, my parents weren't wealthy when I was growing up. I mean, we weren't in poverty or anything like that either, but I have plenty of friends of other races that weren't either, you know? And I, I feel like everyone's needs and values should be respected, but I don't think we make progress by bashing and prioritizing some over others. And I think that that's why we have so much unrest 
in this area and it's so sensitive to talk about and um, kind of draws us apart instead of together because it's it's the opposite of equality um, and even though some people say that that's what they seek that's the opposite for me I know I feel like sometimes the people who have uh, proliferated that are now like screaming that they're trying to help when they're just further it's the same thing like what I was saying before about the condescending invitation of church like, yeah don't pretend like you're trying to help when you are kind of like get it together mm-hmm. don't pretend like you're... and don't act out of guilt yeah you know like this is not the time we're living in we're trying to have, be have you progressive seen that you video know? where they like have all the kids on the starting line and they tell them like if you had a if, if your parents stayed together take a step forward talking about it's like it's still a race like you're not gonna like go yeah. back to the starting line but like you're gonna use what's given to you and anyone would yeah yeah but like be kind to people and real the whole point of it is to realize reality not to try to like make yourself feel better i feel like that's what yeah. these people are doing it's like they're not really trying to help they just want themselves to feel better yeah and it's always so interesting to me because you know like through grad school and undergrad you know we studied a lot of like baby connections and when you see babies playing together, they don't have, they don't care. Like they're, they're all playing, they're having fun, they're hugging, they're playing, they're touching their, you know, everything is just so neutral. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if we're going to strive for anything, <laughs> we should strive for infancy because that's where equality really exists. You know, like you've just been born, <laughs> you know, and you have all these differences, but everyone plays and it's fun and everyone's happy. And obviously you grow and you learn different teachings and you're exposed to different environments and you're nurtured in different ways. And, you know, I, I totally agree that environment plays a lot into that, but I do not personally believe that it's specifically the race that you were born or the multiple races that you were born. You know, nobody can control that about themselves. Yeah. And that's such a, like, I feel like too, like when people talk about like addressing the very real issues of still racial issues they like hang up on a symptom of a deeper yeah. problem. And that's why I say in school, I, I mean, of course I would love to say that families are teaching their children about history and families are having transparent conversations about experiences they've experienced. And you know, that the children are learning facts, you know, and we're not keeping it from them until they're 15. You know, I think a lot of this is due to educational practices that we're no longer allowed to teach the facts, you know, and, and it, it is interesting because I think that that leaves a lot of way, uh, leeway for, um, myths and beliefs to get embedded, um, rather than, you know, factual information to be taught. Plus the access to the media these days is basically endless, you know, and you're, you're seeing all of these things and hearing all of these things, but you're not old enough to really take it all in, you know, and I just feel like when we're building culture in a classroom or we're building community in a classroom that in my classroom, like we sit in a circle every morning and we share about our, the day before, and we share about our plans for the weekend and we talk about our families and, you know, I feel like that's important and them being willing to share, like 
We talk all the time. You don't have to be friends, but you have to be kind. And we talk about fair not being equal. And all of these things are things that these kids know now, you know, and, and they're not mean to each other. They don't say mean things to each other. And they may think things that I don't know, of course, but the fact that everyone gets along so nicely really makes me feel like there's hope. You know, like if we were all teaching that type of stuff and, and it's not, I don't like the word tolerance because that sounds like it's something that you're having to make yourself do, you know, as opposed, I know that that's not what people mean when they say like tolerance, but at the same time, that's how it feels to me. I feel no, like when you say tolerance, it carries a negative connotation. I agree. I want people to, I want it to be natural and I know it's not, but it could be. It's really how we teach our children. Well, it's like almost like it is natural, but you have to like undo the unnatural, I feel like. Oh, yeah. And that's the hard part is undoing that. If we're sharing with our children, you know, we live here because this is our financial situation or we live here because this is our financial situation or, you know, your mother and I, even though we're both women, we had you because we were in love. Like having these real conversations and I know that we live in a very like liberal place, you know, but I'm so proud of my kids who live in different nuclear homes, you know, that are totally comfortable with expressing I'm adopted. I have two moms. I have two dads. I have, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing. And I love how, you know, some of my kids will say whatever their disability is. Like, I don't know how to read. I'm trying to be a good reader in front of the whole class. That's huge. You know, mm -hmm. like when I think of in diversity and inclusion, like race is not what comes to my mind. Mm -hmm. it, there's so many other things that we could be focusing on in the school realm. And again, I'm not saying that race isn't important to focus on in some cases. I just don't think school's the place for it. I think it's okay when it comes up naturally. Sure. Yeah. Like, when there's this a kid forced, who's like, experiencing we have a curriculum it. to teach about race is what's weird to me. Like, yeah. I want it to like, be natural. When it yes. comes up, obviously, and like when it's in history, yeah, we need to teach, you know, take the time out of the elementary day to actually teach the social studies standards yeah. so that they know the facts. Of course, I think that. And we watch CNN 10, which is not like, it's not biased, you know, it's a kid's version of the news. And my kids are so amazed. And we saw this like, Open Hearts Art Center in Santa Monica, I think it was, and uh, or San Diego. And um, my kids, like these adults, had Down syndrome or were deaf or autistic or, you know, didn't had all of these different disabilities. And they were all different races and some were blind and, you know, had all these things. And they go to this art space, basically, and create their art. And through art, some of them have learned to speak and have decided to use their words, even though they had them, they never wanted to talk. Or, you know, you have blind people creating these beautiful items. And my kids were mesmerized by it. I got so much feedback from parents that, you know, the kids, like, they were just so moved by this. Like, they loved it, you know. And I felt so proud of that because I also realized that that was one of the first times that some of these kids had seen people that were different than them. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, that's so important. And I'm glad we got to have this moment together because when we talked about it afterwards, um, I noticed that one kid kind of giggled and I was like, you know, what's, what are you thinking? It's funny right now. You know, not in like a, Hey, why are you laughing? Kind of thing, but just in an inquisitive way. And he was like, well, I just thought it was funny that she can't even see, but she's making this beautiful art. And I was like, well, why do you think that's funny? And he was like, well, 
It just seems like such a waste. Mind you, my kids are eight years old. And I thought, I said, oh, okay, well, why would that be a waste? Because she's happy doing it and the art's beautiful, you know? And he was like, well, because she can't even see it. And I was like, that's true. That is kind of weird. But don't you think that since she's feeling everything with her fingers, that she might have a visual in her mind of what she's creating? And he was like, oh yeah, I guess she probably does. But you know, that was the thing that was so cool is like, it was a real conversation mm -hmm. and no one criticized him for laughing and no one like giggled because he didn't understand. And I'm sure there were other people in the room that didn't understand all the things that they saw either. But it's, it's just amazing to me when things like that naturally happen without being forced down your throat. Mm -hmm. Like I want it to build Cultivating a yeah. that openness where when they, when the race issue does come up, we can talk about it. Exactly. Like that's what I was trying to say about the symptom versus the deeper issue. Like sure. you need to cultivate this openness and it's not going to happen at one training with like one initiative where like suddenly we're all just going to like yeah. be race sensitive, you know, like race or sexual an, orientation sensitive or, you know, any of these is things. It's an issue all over the world. Like it's, yeah. it's not, and, and, and it's because we struggle with that openness in general of like, Things that are different from us in general, we're very egocentric. Yeah. And like teaching us how to approach things, I think is the answer. That's what you're saying. It's, it's yeah, and and that's the thing is, yeah, I want to encourage them. Like I I always say, everyone is welcome. You know, we we should welcome everyone. And I even talk to them when they have their little clicks. Like, you know, we don't say that this person can't play with us. We don't say that this person can't be friends with us. You know, we're kind to everyone, kind of thing. Um, and I feel like that has had a major shift, but when you see an eight year old look you in the face and say, I don't want to play with them because of whatever, you just think, how do you know, how do you feel that way already? You know, like, and I have to have a talk with them right then. I'm like, you know, I had a kid, you know, call another kid stupid the other day. And this is not something that this child would ever do. And the person that they called stupid, you know, is a slower learner and so is the person that called them stupid. And I, I just kind of asked the student, I said, you know, hey, someone told me that you, you know, said this word, you called this word to someone else. And I just wondered if you could tell me a little more about what happened. And he said, well, I just, it just slipped out. And I was like, oh, well, we have to be careful with our words. Cause like at the beginning of the year, we do the toothpaste thing where all the toothpaste quirks out, but we can't put it back in. I said, well, remember when you, you know, when we blurt something like that, we can't put it back in. So then we have to own it and apologize for it. And he said, yeah, I am sorry. And I said, you know, why are you sorry? Like, why, why do you feel bad about saying that? Because I think you should feel bad, but I'm glad you do, you know, but why? And he said, because sometimes it's hard for me to learn and people have called me that before and it hurt my feelings. And I said, so we shouldn't say that to other people, right? And he was like, no. And that's why I need to give her an apology. And I just thought that's amazing. Like all it was, was a conversation. You know, he wasn't in trouble. I, of course I didn't like it. Of course the other kid didn't like it, but it was a moment where we could turn the ship around. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now I really don't think that'll ever be a problem again, mm -hmm. you know, but you have to allow that space for kids to do their own thinking and, and, and for they are our future. Too. Like if, if you're starting that initiative with your staff and you think yeah. there's some kind of problem, like, you have to take the time to have those conversations with adults too. Like if yeah. you're in leadership and you want things to change with the teachers, go talk to them, have those same conversations with adults. Like if we can't move forward with conflict 
or through it, we're not going to get anywhere. Like, and that, that's just like the main message. <clears throat> I just don't think that school is where we should preach it. I do think we should teach it and I think we should explore it and discover it. But I don't feel like school is where we make the big difference. I think we need to take ownership of our children and lead for them the way we want our future to look. And that's something that we just have to own. Mm-hmm. And I have to own it as a teacher. And you can't and parents come in have to with like, parents. this like, we're going to fix racial diversity training. No. It's, it's appropriation. Like, it's offensive to me. Yeah. And it's probably offensive to people who are more aware. You know what I'm saying? Like, people who are very stuck in that mindset are probably, you know, hard to educate on it, obviously. Um, but I don't think it has anything to do with they need to be held the accountable. way you vote or who you vote for, things like that. But like, those people need to be held accountable. That's, that's just another, ignorant, you know? Yeah. Ignorance needs to be held accountable, though. <laughs> Ignorance needs to be held accountable. No one should be dumb. Well, no, but you can't say the officer... <laughs> I didn't know the speed limit. Right. I don't... (laughs) If you're a hateful racist, (laughs) you're accountable for that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, people are going to call you out, and you're going to have to answer for that, you know? So deal with it then in that way, you know? Yeah. Don't bring a staff together and try to guilt trip everybody and say, you know, there's education and there's accountability. Yeah, and I I don't want to, as a white person, I, I don't want to, you know be preached to that I have white privilege. I don't have control of that. Well, as a child, you know, like being born white is not something I knew happened to me. <laughs> educated about white privilege and being like, <laughs> it's just so the opposite. Like, yes, there is white privilege. There's sure. All kinds absolutely. Of, there's, there's all, all kinds, kinds of, privilege. of privilege and there's all kinds of oppression and there's all kinds of tyranny. Like, Let's focus on solutions, people. Yeah, like, okay, I was born white, but we definitely weren't privileged financially. We weren't privileged, like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we were comfortable, but... Well, and there's this idea I like that, that you like, said that. There's a lot of different types of privilege. It's not just racial. Yeah. And truly, you know, you may have never experienced racism as a white person. Sure. That's accurate. That's an issue. But it's one of so many issues and I think sometimes when they do these things it's like it's even insulting to that issue to me you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like like it minimizes what people have gone through like real instances of racism and I feel like I have and maybe it's because of you know growing up like in like the Memphis area or whatever like I've gone into nail salons before that and even a hair salon that I guess was unofficially you know more of an African-American salon And I wanted, you know, to get my nails done and they were not welcoming to me Mm -hmm. and I was the only white person in there and they, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not the way that I was greeted or respected or, you know, Uh and I have had that experience. I've gone in to get my hair cut and they're like, well, we don't really cut that hair. Like that is, that's the same, you know what I mean? And not to say that I would experience on any level that like a minority would, I'm not trying to like play equals or anything. But I do think that there are times that you experience those types of things. Mm-hmm. And you can be racist no matter what race you are. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just white people are racist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. not just like millennials are the only people that are or not, or elderly are the only people that are or aren't. I mean, that's silly talk. Yeah. 
I think sometimes the the conversation minimizes the complexity of the issue. Probably, yeah. I guess is what, yeah, bothers me. Yeah, well, that's a meaningful topic, and I know it's really deep, but I just feel like we're at a time in our world where, like, it's the hardest, but also, like, it's not the hardest. There's definitely been harder times regarding racism, but I feel like there's always an opportunity to do better Mm -hmm. and be better Mm -hmm. and teach better, and I love the Maya Angelou quote, like, do the best you can until you know better, and when you know better, do better, and I even have that as part of my email signature, like, that's true. You do what you think is best until you know better. And then when you know better, it then becomes your, your responsibility. responsibility to do better. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something, if we were all striving for that, we would see huge changes happen. We just would. And this isn't an American thing. It's not a Southern thing. It's not, I mean, this is a global issue, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, mm-hmm. it, it's just very different. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that was a lot. (laughs) But it's important. I feel like it's super important. Um, All right. So do do it better. better. Stick to your beliefs. Don't compromise your boundaries. You know, once you've intentionally decided on them, do it. It's important. Got to draw the line in the sand. Uh Give us an example. (laughs) No names. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Saying no. Saying no. It's hard for me. Um, holding the, I guess, I was going to talk about it. We were just thinking, I'm just going to say it now. Um, it's so important to know yourself. Uh, somebody like me, I tend to give in more than I should. So holding a line is especially like an important thing to me. Somebody else might need to be more flexible. I need to be more. Were you like, hinting at me? I'm just kidding. No. no. <laughs> I am. Yeah. yeah. I'm a good example. We're both good examples of this. We're on the opposite ends of the spectrum, maybe. But like, uh you know, I tend to give in and like maybe be a pushover sometimes. And so following through with an appropriate no, like you were saying, like, don't leave it open, you know, mean what, mean what you say. So for me, like, don't compromise on that. Like that's something I need to work on and and I've been working on it for years. So like, don't give in when it's important to you. Or if it's important, if on the flip side, if, if it's important to you to be more flexible, keep mm-hmm. doing it. Like, keep going, I guess is what I'm saying. Do it. And following through for me, especially to not allow people to take too much from me is a big deal. Yeah. Like, I got to protect myself. Because I have a habit of, like, letting too much in or take over or whatever. You need more deposits than withdrawals. Correct. From your emotional bucket. Correct. Your bank account. Yeah, that's true. And it's hard, just like it's hard to balance your checkbook, it's hard to balance that. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you have a giver heart or a giver spirit, like giving is good. And I love to give, but I do feel like I'm pretty good at looking out for my best interests too. <coughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think everybody needs those deposits, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. So, speaking of deposits... <laughs> If you get paid at the end of the month, <coughs> Melina's under the weather. I'm not going to edit out that cough. <laughs> it's too much work. Um, I was thinking about cocktails. <laughs> I want to hear this. Because, you know, it's I won't say it's like party time of the year. I mean, there's parties different times of the year. But it's, it's a very celebratory oh, it season is. coming up. So, um, I was just thinking, like, 
we've talked a lot about running and goals and, you know, keto, low, low carb, watching your calories or working out or doing whatever works for you, but trying to do it and do it well, you know? Um, so if you want to have a cocktail, but you don't want to blow all your stuff, which one cocktail is not going to blow everything you've worked hard for, by the way. But if you want to do it better with cocktails for a celebration season that's coming up, you could try mocktails, um, you know, which don't have the alcohol. I know, right? Why would you want to do that? But I made, I made, I made a face. She made a face like, um, <laughs> that's not my choice of food. And, but yeah, so, I mean, some people can't drink, you know, for examples, like if you're, you know, pregnant or nursing or whatever, which I don't know if I agree with that. Or recovering alcohol. Data. Sure. Yeah. Um, you could, uh, try a mocktail. Um, Especially if you're in that phase of recovery or in a part of your life, like when you're, maybe you're young and people are trying to like say, man, you're such such a stick in the mud and you don't want to drink or whatever. Mocktails are kind of a cool way to make it look like you're having a cocktail, but you're not really. I've done that Um, before. Also, it's a good way for you to be like DD if you're in charge of the crew that night. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, there's tons of recipes online, just mocktails. If you're on a diet, mocktails can be just as bad with sugar, so definitely, you know, check into what you're doing. This is more of a, like, tip and trick for, like, non-alcoholic beverages versus dieting. But if you are, you know, watching your weight, watching your waistline, because you have all the food and all the desserts and all that stuff coming up, too, so you can't be eating the cookies and the cake and the drinking, um, or I can't anyway, or it shows on the scale, like, the day after. And I don't feel too good. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't generally feel well. It's not a celebration if I feel terrible. No. Um, So, um... Truly, we drink those drinks sometimes when we're by the pool. We like those. We drank them when we were on vacation, too. Um, White Claw's another one. What are those even called? Seltzers. Hard seltzers, right? Yeah, there's more of them now. Oh, yeah, there's way more. And I I have a feeling that a lot of these companies are going to come out with, like, a festive line. I've already seen one. Have you? Okay. Cranberry. Okay, so cranberry or, like, a frosted cranberry. You know, something's yeah. probably going to come out for the holidays. Well, Smirnoff's making them now, too. Right, yeah. Look so at the ingredients, now they're, Yeah, do look at the ingredients. Most of them are only, like, one or two carbs, and they're about, like, 110 or so calories each. But if you pick the wrong one, you could be devastated on the scale. It's like, fake healthy <laughs> Yeah, stuff. make sure that you're getting, like... Um, the good ones. The good ones that are low-carb or whatever. There's also, you could always switch over to wine. Wine um, oh is about gosh. four carbs per glass, so if you're on a tight net carb, like, crunch, then that may not be, be the best. Be careful with red wine. <laughs> be careful with all wine. <laughs> okay, you can't have so six the glasses other day... and do all of your net carbs in one night on <laughs> wine. <laughs> okay, so you the gotta other eat night, I had some kind of cheap red wine. Mm-hmm. With probably had sulfates or whatever, yeah. and my face was so red. I thought I was like, I thought I, I was thought I was like had a major fever, and I was like standing outside, one glass of red wine. One glass? Oh yeah, I was miserable. What was it? Cabernet? Uh, I forget. It was cheap though. <laughs> Somebody just had it, you know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll just have one. Oh my god, I thought I was gonna die. So was it check old your ingredients. or did they open it? Then they opened it right oh, there. Oh okay. Um. Well, yeah. So if you're sensitive to wine or whatever, don't do that either. Um, but the other thing was um, I always like to get my flavored seltzer water, like the non-alcoholic waters. And um, they will have some of those around holiday time too, like the cranberry and stuff like that. Um, so I just get those because those are zero everything because it's just water. And then I stick to like a clear liquor. Like I'll use tequila, like white tequila or vodka or something like that and mix it with my flavored seltzer water. And then you can always, like, garnish it with some fruit, um, like citrus fruits or squeeze Why some lime in liquor? it or anything. The clear liquors are lower in carbs. Gotcha. 
Um, definitely no like dessert liqueurs. Those things are outrageous. I'm a whiskey girl. Is that bad or? Yeah. No or it's carbs? just heavy grain, gotcha. which I mean they all are, but yeah, there's more carbs in the darker ones. Okay. Usually less than 10 in like a full liquor though. Okay. But that's still a lot if you're on like a tight squeeze. Um, and then, yeah, so that just kind of keeps the calories and carbs low. Um, and the festivity, the festivity is still fun. And, uh, I definitely also want to note that you obviously don't have to drink to have fun, but in my experience, it's more fun, <laughs> but yeah, you definitely don't have to drink to have fun, but for yeah, sure. just some options for those of you who might be at different phases in life. If you're, you know, not being able to drink right now, but you hang out with a crowd that might bully you, <laughs> then you can try a mocktail or, um, you know, you could always just do like a seltzer. I've always thought this is interesting too. Like just pour your seltzer in a glass, like the same glass that everybody else is drinking and then just put some fruit in it. And it looks like you're drinking, you know, like a vodka drink. There too, was times so. when I was younger, which I wouldn't do this now, but if yeah. you're still in a crowd like this, I would literally take an empty beer bottle and fill it up with water all night. Yeah. And just drink the same one. And it's so crazy that these things even up. exist. Yeah. yeah. Like obviously stand your ground. And if people are bullying you, say, but if you just don't want to deal off. with it, but yeah, yeah. if you want to look cool, <laughs> which also sounds silly. There is a time in your life where this stuff kind of matters socially, I guess. But well, definitely also, don't give in, but make smart choices. Like, also, like, there's, like, a time where I was just lazy. Like, I just don't want to deal with people asking me. Right. You know? So, and some of your friends, for whatever reason, it's, like, a competition. How many of you had to drink? Oh, okay, I've only had three. Okay, that's good. <laughs> like, they don't want to drink more than you or something stupid. So, again, all of this is relative, but just a few you. ideas. You do you, and <laughs> it's the holidays, so... As we get started into that, we need to think safe and think wisely lots of options. because I know you're going to want to be eating that cake and eating those cookies and all that other stuff too. So if you're going to do alcohol, keep it low. All right. It's exciting. This is our very first unboxing. Woo! So I ordered the Billy Razor. Brand new box, never opened. I'm so excited right now. Okay, so there's a tag in my It's name. Billy, B-I-L-L-I-E. And I read these reviews. It was like, oh, it's the most smooth thing I've had. And it really weren't, it was not very expensive for the first time you So ordered. this is a Billy box. Ooh, it says, hi, hello. Time to give your lady bod some love. Ooh. A little more plastic than I would like. Yeah. But a cardboard box. Cardboard box is beautiful. I'm really digging this. Uh, you can learn about them at, at Billy. This is not sponsored, by the way. We have no idea what this is going to yeah, actually this is the first do. Time I've ever gotten it. Yeah. <laughs> We're just excited. If it sucks, we'll let you know. If it rocks, we'll let you know. Okay, so this plastic bag is a little unnecessary. However, I will say it's beautiful. Is it plastic? I guess, yeah. yeah. It is a beautiful bag. Maybe you could reuse it for gifting or something. Yeah, I could probably keep something in this. It's nice. It's I mean, look at this. Kind of waterproof. It's like iridescent on the inside. Yeah, it's so. definitely I'm gonna have not to. something you want to end up in the ocean. And it comes with. Okay, so here's one like extra razor blade. This is a holder for my handle, which also has another plastic bag around it. Mm -hmm. I know. I feel like they're like all about this labeling. It says a holder for your handle. It's magical. Pretty cute though. Yeah. Okay, so the razor is in a cardboard box. Yep. Which has another plastic lid over the front. A little much. That might be required since is it? it's a blade. I don't know. Unnecessary in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Beautiful though. I mean like. I'm Great packaging. Yeah. Not cute. for the environment, but it looks good. Yeah. Okay. And now there's a little. 
booklet, I guess, that tells me... How to shave your legs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, hang on a minute. How come women are still overpaying for razors? Did you guys know that that was a thing? Women pay more for the way our razors are marketed? <laughs> that was why I ordered this, actually, because it was so affordable. Yeah, I use a Flamingo razor. I tried that one. I don't like it. Oh. I'm very... Um, I have thick hair. Yeah. And I shave a lot. So I try things, especially. I don't have to care and I don't shave a lot. Maybe that's why. I don't know if it works well or not. I used to tell people my least favorite part about being a woman was hair removal. Oh, yeah. Because mine is such a hassle. Backup sticky stuff for your magnetic holder. Apply to a cream. This is so cute. It's like a little envelope. And the little tabby fits in there. And it has an... Okay. I'm a sucker for this. It has extra little sticky things to hang it up. Those are the sticky things you used in my classroom that I had to scrape off with. Those 3M, like, stay forever ones, not the command hook ones. Okay, so... But I don't understand why you need a sticky thing for a magnetic holder. Because this sticks to the wall. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Beautiful. Um, Did you get to choose your color? Yes. Okay, what were the color options? They're, they were they were pretty bright. I chose yeah. like a muted. I like, Pastel-y color. I'm, I like calmer things in my home. Yeah. I have the bright stuff at school because my, my preschoolers like it. But I like more. This was the only muted. This color. is like periwinkle. Yeah. I think. Or um, light cloud I, blue. I really like the magnet. I feel like that's going to be convenient. Yeah. Uh, the packaging is adorable. The plastic is enough to make me like call them and be like hey yeah it's a little much plastic but um it is a silky finish handle um it does have three little nubs that you can put your finger on which is maybe where you're supposed to apply pressure when you're shaving um but i could see that it might be a little slickery in the shower because it's a little smooth but the bottom part has like a silicone finish mm -hmm. so it might be perfect we'll have to report back to you on that but yeah, overall the packaging was a little too much, but the actual the thing, adorable. the marketing is really cute. Um, but the actual thing is pretty compact and easy. And, Light, I like that. Um, it's a regular razor blade, so that's going to be more garbage too. Um, but, to what? you know, like a safety razor oh. or something like that. So yeah, that's that. More to come next time. More to come, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, that was very first fun. unboxing. Fun to open. It's cute. I it's love it. It's super all the cute, cute stuff. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing I'm into Himalayan salt lamps. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm teaching preschool right now. I've mentioned that a few times. Um, one of my little friends loves <laughs> rocks, and got very excited when he realized that this rock changed colors. It was oh. Very fun to watch him predict the color patterns, and it just cheers me up during the day. I like those too, but I also want to remind everyone that they only work. So the way that they work is they send ions into the air that, you know, work with the, I forgot the real stuff, but it actually has a benefit to it. There, we even have salt caves here that you can go to, to get like the body benefit. Um, you probably have them where you live as well. Um, but they only work if you have a bulb in them that will heat it. You can't use an LED bulb in a Himalayan salt lamp. So even though LEA, uh, LEA, LED bulbs are the best way to go, um, that won't work in these because it doesn't generate heat and therefore won't send the ions into the air. So just remember that. I don't know if mine is LED. 
does your lamp get hot? I need to touch it and find out. Yeah. So if it's not getting warm, it's not working. Um, But it also sends a nice glow into the air. So oh, it's a dark ball. Um, And something I'm really into right now is paying with cash, guys. It hurts. Paying with cash is like I don't know if I want it anymore. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I was a little kid and I'd be like, okay, I choose this and I'm gonna spend my allowance and then I'm like, okay, can I have my money back? And I would go put things away because I'd be like, nope, I don't want to spend my money on this. Well, it's interesting because when I'm spending cash, I totally feel that way as well. And it's a real eye opener, I tell you. I agree. Today I spent $3 on that muffin at the bakery and I was like, "Mm, okay, I'll give you my $3 (laughs) because I don't usually have cash. It's like this foreign thing and the internet was down and the things weren't working. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm paying in cash. I can still pay because I didn't have to wait for a card. It was crazy. So I'm still, I mean, I've gone through phases of this because I've been on the Dave Ramsey snowball-ish thing um, (laughs) a few times throughout the years. Um, As Dave would say, well, you're just Dave-ish and that don't work. But um, hashtag Dave Ramsey. But anyway, (laughs) I like paying with cash because I know what you have in the envelope is what you have and you don't have to worry about like pulling it out of other envelopes from budgets. If you're doing that, then your budget sucks because I've been there before. I've been like, whoops, I only have 20 bucks for gas and I need 40 bucks of gas. So then I take $20 out of the grocery pocket and then I'm like, well, I still need all those groceries. So you kind of just like rob Peter to pay Paul, um, except you're robbing groceries to pay gas. That just means you need to adjust your budget. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, something I do with this not just paying cash, but like I leave my card at home. <laughs> yeah. Because driving to work, driving back from work, driving anywhere in between. There's Starbucks. It's very tempting. Yeah. <laughs> go through some type Starbucks of drive Starbucks is like, Shaylin, 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 turn in here, turn in here. And I'm like, I can't. I got goals. I can't. I got goals. <laughs> and now that my driver's side window doesn't work, it really helps me to not go to Starbucks. <laughs> Can we please tell them about our Starbucks experience? Okay, we weren't going to tell you guys this, but one day we had to record in the car um, because there was an SEC football game on and it was just a little too rowdy um, in the house. But it's so funny because... (laughs) (laughs) I rode in the back. True story. Valeda rode in the back of my car because my driver's side window doesn't work. I wore my house robe with nothing on underneath it and my sandals. I don't know what you were wearing, but you were dressed fine. I was dressed because I was going to babysit after. Yeah. So anyway, we went through the drive-thru. <laughs> I'm ordering from the back seat. <laughs> Elena ordered from the back seat. And then we um, pulled out into the parking lot and recorded our podcast for you. <laughs> two episodes in a row. Yeah, we did that two times in a row. Um, that's kind of funny. It was. Uh, yeah, we laughed actually hard. And the other thing I'm into is the Cozy Kicks house slippers. I think these people make water shoes. If they don't make water shoes, there's a brand that makes water shoes that look just like them. Um, but these have fuzzy liner on the inside, but they're hard sold and they just come in small, medium, large or extra large. And I got them in eggplant, eggplant, and they are fuzzy and light. And I'm really excited about those house shoes. I have a big problem with shoes making my feet stink or either my feet making the shoes stink. So hopefully that won't happen with these, but, um, I'm a barefoot girl. I don't think they were really, you have carpet in your house though. I have all hardwoods, and True. I feel like all my animal hair gets stuck to the bottom of my feet. Um, oh, yeah. And I don't like to wake up in the morning and have the hardwood right underneath my feet, even though we have a rug. Anyway, these probably weren't very environmentally sourced, um, but I'll wear them for a thousand years, so 
Fair. That's my plan. Fair. We kind of already did. We were just thinking earlier. I know. Yeah, we talked about that already. So um, we won't repeat that. But thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate you coming back each time to hear us chat. And we hope that you find at least a pebble of interest and maybe even some inspiration from our (laughs) chatter. And definitely let us know if you have suggestions or other comments um, or praise. Or um, if you have a complaint, maybe do that in direct messaging. (laughs) But (laughs) otherwise, um, check us out on Instagram at We Were Just Thinking. And then you can also find us on Facebook at um, We Were Just Thinking as well. So, And it would help us, you know, just if if you take a minute right now to follow or subscribe or hit Definitely. like like i know everyone's asking you to do that but if you're already listening a lot and haven't done that like that would help us out yeah and then we kind of know who's listening to us and i'm a data nerd so when i go look at the data i kind of know who's listening to us from which country and which yeah. episodes have the most you know whatever um and that kind of helps us keep our content in line because then if we talk about rando stuff and you guys were like that episode sucked then we kind of know not to let ourselves roam into that territory again so we appreciate you and we thank you for listening and we will see you next time so until until next time be authentically authentically you without apology. apology bye